Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, now that we have sufficiently wolfed down our lunch off the air, it's time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. I was just, I just have one question. Yes. How is a lobster roll with some black coffee? Um, is that what you just did? No, <laughs> no, but I've had enough coffee that is black, of course. Um, yeah, that's nasty. Next. <laughs> Sounds horrible. Sounds classy, but horrible. We'll get you a water in the break. <laughs> it, uh, it is wolfing down your lunch. Aaron Maloney is Literally. All of today's top stories, Aaron. So there were fewer Arizona Cardinals listed on the injury report yesterday compared to before the bye week, so that's good news. Rashad Coward, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, and Byron Murphy did not practice yesterday, while Tristan Hill and Charles Washington were limited. Greg Dortch, though, practiced in full. How encouraging is this injury report to you both? I mean, it looks like the smallest one of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> now that you're out of playoff contention, you finally get to have some of your pieces back. Um, the other thing is a lot of these guys are still on IR, but at least the biggest thing to me with the injuries right now, Wolf, is the combination of Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins seeing what they can do. We've seen one game of it. Hopefully we get to see five more this season and then on into next year. Yeah, for me, it was um, still they had a larger injury report than the New England Patriots, and they're coming off a bye. That that kind of bothered me a little bit right there, especially when you saw D Hop on there. But D Hop was on there for an illness, so let's just hope he had a little cold or a little flu, whatever it might be, and that today it's gone. The Phoenix Suns are gearing up to take on the Pelicans tonight at six thirty. You can hear the game on the Arizona Sports app and on ninety eight seven. So, what do you guys want to see in tonight's game? So I'm going to steal your answer before you can steal it or say it, Wolf. But the physicality, I think, is it's going to be very noticeable very easily against a team like New Orleans that wants to play physical, that knows the Suns' weaknesses and is going to do everything. If there are weaknesses, Willie Green and that team are going to do everything they can to expose it because he knows them and he has the pieces to expose it. And, you know, I'd like to see the Suns play well against Zion Williamson. It's We've only seen the Suns play Zion three times ever in his career. Yeah, for me, uh, tonight, it's just going to be one of those games where it's going to be very difficult for me to take my eyes off of DeAndre Aiden. Um, you know, again, it's not like I'm going to pick at him. I don't try to pick at him. But this is a game that is going to be physical. Jonas Valanciunas, of course, Zion Williamson, they're going to be banging. I want to see if D.A. is going to be banging as well. Physicality in the team that is more physical, I think will have an awful lot to do with who wins this game tonight and on Sunday. Bonus answer of what you want to see tonight for me is Chris Paul just finally got to play his first game in a month the other night against Boston. It's it's tough to evaluate where he is or get a good sense of Chris Paul coming back in that game. It'd be nice to see Chris Paul looking like Chris Paul tonight. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com and it asks, how big of a move should the Suns try and make before the trade deadline? 
Your choices. Swing big for a star. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> move the needle for a starting caliber player. Don't go all in. Make a smaller move. Work the margins or don't make a move. All right, I'll go for, uh, I mean, look, if you can swing big for a star, do that. But I'm going to go with move the needle for a starting caliber player. I don't like the don't go all in, though, part of that. Go all in, whatever that takes. Like, you got to trade picks, do it. Your window to win a championship is now. It would be nice to have another scorer. Like, if Devin Booker has an off shooting night, yeah. there needs to be somebody else that can step in and give you 25 that night consistently. Like, a Cam good Johnson? second. And maybe it is, but would it be the worst thing in the world if Cam Johnson was your third option? Like, it wouldn't. It, I, I wouldn't mind that if you brought a guy in yeah. and Cam could still be an option. Yeah, I'm just wondering. You know, you, you went ahead, you made him a starter, of course. He, he's the guy that fits that role to me right now. But he's um, got to grow into it. Man, I'd You love, need to win right now. I'd love for them to bring in a tough guy. I'd love for them to bring somebody. Oh, let's see, Jay Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> just bring somebody in who's going to be physical because that's the issue. As far as I'm concerned, physicality. Scoring and physicality, that's all we're asking for, right? I want more scoring, you want more physicality. 53% say move the needle for a starting caliber player, don't go all in. 39% say swing big for a star. 6% say make a smaller move, work the margins. And 2% say don't make a move. <laughs> According to our own John Gambadoro, Arizona State quarterback Emory Jones is expected to enter the transfer portal. Are you guys at all shocked by this? No, and, no. And, and I don't know Emory Jones, but from everything I've heard, he was a uh, you know uh, as, as good of a teammate as you can be. When he lost his starting job, he made sure he stuck around. He was a huge you know it was a huge part of of Trenton Borgay's emergence as the starter. He was a supporter of him and everything. You know, I, I don't fault him for now. I think it was pretty inevitable. If you come here as the starter and it gets taken away in 2022, you're probably going to leave for somewhere else. I totally agree with everything that Luke just said. I cannot improve on that. I am not surprised by this at all. Not in today's college football climate. No way. Can we make that a promo for the show? You saying you totally agree with everything I just said and you yep. can't improve on it? All right. The yep. Rams snapped their six-game losing streak in spectacular fashion as Baker Mayfield came off the bench and led the Rams on a 98-yard drive to secure a 17-16 comeback victory over the Raiders. So how was it, Baker? Probably going to take a deep breath. Um, I, like I said earlier, I'm extremely thankful. Um, you know, praise the Lord. I mean, I just, it's been a tough year, to be honest with you, and this is, uh, it's been a good way to uh, kickstart this journey here. It's it's wild. Your reaction to what you saw last night from Baker Mayfield? It's kind of cool. I mean, I don't, you know, it's not like I want the Rams to suddenly be good. They can't be this year anyway. They're 4-9, big deal. But it was... It was an entertaining end to a Thursday night football game that really didn't impact the Cardinals. And now, I mean, the Raiders are out too. So two teams that aren't even going to impact the playoff race. Yeah, you have to wonder whether or not Baker Mayfield is going to be a starter in this league going forward. Um, I, can I tell you that I like his swag? I like his personality, even though he's got a little something coming out of the side of his neck. It was just more, forget about uh, Baker Mayfield and his future. It was just more incredible than it was anything else. I've never seen anything like it. You're telling me a quarterback who wasn't even there two days, he was, he was there less than 48 hours, suddenly led a team to a victory, and the way he did it, by scoring two, engineering two, fourth quarter drives, 
to score a touchdown, including a two-minute drive where the ball's on your own two-yard line with a minute and 40 seconds to go, and you have no timeouts? And he brings him back and wins the game that way? You've got... I don't care who you're talking about. That is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, that to me, what comes first? Ask yourself this question. Swag or success? See, there's something to think about. What comes first? Uh, I should point out, too, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Wolf doesn't just sit here and eat lobster rolls every day. The Christmas party's going on downstairs. It's a little nasty. So everybody has left except the four of us here hanging out. So we Butter got, and coffee. It was, mm. well... Eh, I don't know. <laughs> you might, yeah, it might actually be on to something there. All right, we come back. We've heard a lot about this Patriots offense and what it's missing. What can the Cardinals expect on Monday? We're going to ask the Patriots color analyst, former NFL quarterback Zach, uh, Scott Zolak. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It is the Wolf and Luke show on a Friday afternoon as we get ready for Cardinals Patriots State Farm Stadium on Monday night. And heard a lot about this Patriots offense. Showed some promise last year. It's kind of been up and down this year. Ramondre Stevenson has looked really good. Mac Jones has been up and down. We can talk about it or we can just uh, have somebody on that can give you a much more firsthand um, recounting of, of what to expect here on Monday night. Scott Zolak, the Patriots color analyst, former NFL quarterback, joining us right now in the Arizona Sports Line. Scott, Thanks for the time. How you doing? Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always good to do uh, color guy on color guy crap here. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna give this thing a go yeah. on uh, Monday night. Appreciate that, Scotty. Uh, all right, Scott. Let's let's just start here with the offense and let's start with the quarterback. What have you seen from Mac Jones in year number two? Um, uncertainty. I think that's that. If you say uh, what's one word that could summarize, you know, what you've witnessed this year, and I think. It's uncertainty. It's a lack of protection up front, um, the inability to separate on the outside with some of the uh, receivers. You know, now this is a 10-7 and 7 team a year ago, and uh, I thought we upgraded the offense a little bit. We brought in Devontae Parker, drafted Taekwon Thornton out of Baylor in the second round to give us some speed, and um, it's just it's not clicking with the tight ends right now. I mean, Hunter Henry's a really good tight end and there were stretches last year where Matt started to develop a really good red zone rapport and you you just don't have it right now you know uh, you know Josh is a really good play caller he did a lot of stuff I think to keep Matt going series to series a year ago and of course Matt had the high ankle sprain missed four games this year and you know when you when you get hit like that you have sort of one of those traumatic injuries you, you get a little shell-shocked and I think I think all of that combined is sort of contributed to the state of the offense right now and where Mac is in year two. And he had a really good rookie year ago, a year ago. So, Scotty, can you talk to us a little bit about Matt Patricia as the play caller right now yeah. and your thoughts on that, Scott? I, I, I know Matt personally. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine. and I, Matt's, Matt's a really good football coach. And I think that's the one thing I think Bill Belichick looked at this thing when, when Josh bounced. And, you know, when we won – shoot three of our last Super Bowls, you, your staff gets stripped. You lose guys like McDaniel, um, uh, Brian Flores. You know, Matt eventually went to become the head coach of Detroit. Uh, you lose Patrick Cram. We go down a list of guys. Um, you know, Ivan Pierce, Dante Scarnecchia. Now, you know, you're talking about just totally 
revamping your off your your offensive defensive staff. And I think Bill Bill got tired of teams taking his guys, so he brought back two guys, Patricia and Joe Judge, who I also know well, and said that they're both good football coaches. Now, if you're a good football coach, you could coach anything. You could coach, you know, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers. Dante Scarnecchia, who I had, coached all those positions. That doesn't mean that Dante was going to be a good coordinator, a good head coach. Um, I just think that some guys aren't cut out to be head coaches. Um, and I think, you know, year one with Matt, I don't think it was going to be smooth selling. You know, when you, when, and, I, and I know Charlie Weiss personally, and Charlie's like, it takes a while to become a good play caller. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there had to be something in the back of Coach Belichick's mind that I'm going to make this move and trust these guys with it. We're going to go away from the old Ron Earhart offense and run a true West Coast offense. And for anybody that's played quarterback, that's like hieroglyphics to me. I would, <laughs> I would never be able to, to run a West Coast offense where you're just tagging, tagging one route. But when you go up against teams like the Shanahan, McVay teams, um, you take things, or Andy Reid, you see those type of offense, you say, okay, it's a copycat league. We want to we put in some of those concepts that they run. But they've just totally revamped the offense to the point where it's something completely new than it was a year ago. And Matt was already one year into the old offense, and now he's got to learn a whole new one. But I think, I think Matt Patricia has had, had good games, and he's had some tough stretches. You know, and it, and it obviously has not been perfect for him. Uh, you know, and now your back's up against the wall, 6-6, six and six, and we're coming out there for this West Coast trip, and it's got to be a hell of a lot better. Talking to Scott Zolak, uh, Patriots color analyst, former NFL quarterback. Scott, Ramondre Stevenson, the the Patriots, at, at least from from my perspective, the last few years, they kind of it's almost running back by committee. And I know they use yeah. other guys, but man, you, when's the last time the Patriots had a running back like Ramondre Stevenson? God, I can't, I couldn't even tell you. I think you got to go back to like the Curtis Martin days with me. <laughs> um, you know, Curtis is in the Hall of Fame, but. The nice thing we've always had was sort of we've, we've always had bell cows over the years and then and it morphed into the, the, the Kevin Falk third down type role where he was so good at it. And then Shane Vereen, you know, excelled at it in, in the way we used him. And, and eventually it got turned over to James White. So we always we always had an offense with a, with a fullback, a good bell cow, and a true third down screen um, scat type back. Um, and right now we don't have that with James, you know, going into retirement and no fullback in the offense this year. So it's a single back offense and Ramondre pretty much does everything for us. He's, he's really freaking good guys. Um, I haven't seen somebody this good in a long time. Talk to me, Scotty, about this defense, because um, I think it's one of the more underrated defenses in the national football league. Talk to me about the strength of it. Yeah, I think I think the strength of it is is our front, you know, and and I, and I think you know Dietrich wise, we Christian Barmore is on IR. Like he's a really good second year player out of Alabama that they had to shelf because of a knee, but you got Lawrence guy and company, but Matt Judon, uh, sort of like Chandler Jones. You know, you guys got to see Chandler for a long time. Chandler's more of a longer, length, lengthy type guy, a little more slim, but Matt's got that power edge rush and he has the ability to come downhill on that quarterback. Um, you know, we got away from the veteran linebackers, the Cal Van Noys, the Dante Hightowers. They went younger there uh, just to become faster. But the the, the secondary is experienced. Got a lot of guys who play. Jonathan Jones is probably our, our best cover guy with Jalen Mills. We had J.C. Jackson, you know, for four years. Steph Gilmore for four. But the one thing Bill's been always able to do is when those guys wanted to get paid and walk, 
we're always able to replace those guys, whether it was Ty Law, Asante Samuel, Malcolm Butler. Bill always had something up his sleeve to replace those guys, and he kind of does now. And we're, we're, we're safety heavy. We play, we play a three-safety look on defense. It's sort of that triple-headed nickel with Duggar and, and Phillips and, and Peppers down low with McCourty up high. So we do have some experience there. It's sort of the defense that's been carrying us all year. Talking to Scott Zolak, uh, Scott, 6-6, six and six, that's where the Patriots are. Um, <laughs> nobody sets out to be 6-6, six and six, but I can tell you from an Arizona perspective, we love 6-6 six and six right now. Uh, obviously, you guys have had a lot of Super Bowls. You're used to being in the playoffs and being you know, at the top of the division. I'm just wondering what the fan response is like in New England right now to this team. Unrest, uneasy. I mean, everybody loves Bill and trusts Bill, but it's it's three to four years now post Tom Brady, and that's always going to be the scoreboard. You know, for Tom to go elsewhere to not only win it that first year, but now coaching changes and you see Tampa starting to heat up again. It's always what's Tom doing, what's Bill doing, what's Tom doing, what's Bill doing, and I just think that you know Bill's going to eventually get the shoelace. Twenty one shy of him. Uh, it might take a little longer than than, than he first thought, but. He really, he really's got to win one without Tom, or at least get close to winning one without Tom to sort of put that thing to rest as to, you know, which guy's really more important for the, uh, you know, complexion of the team. Scotty, what type of coverages do you think that Kyler Murray's going to see come Monday night? I think he's going to see a lot of zone, and the reason I say zone is when you play a ton of man quarterbacks, like we haven't fared real well against, you know, the running type quarterback, and I'm not trying to slight. To, to slap Kyler in that category because he's so damn dynamic. You know, he can break the pocket. He's, he's a shorter guy. He sort of needs to create his own his own sight lines. That if you have third and manageable, meaning third and four, third and five, third and three, it's hard to play man because if you recognize man, all you got to do is slip out. And Kyler's the type of guy who can pick up twenty with his legs in no time. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, you know, we got you got DeAndre Hopkins and you know Hollywood's active now, so you got some perimeter people that could get to you. Good tight ends. Um, and what they're going to try to do is keep everything in front of them and frustrate Kyler into giving you one like he did a couple of years ago up here at the Stadium. Yep. Scott, we appreciate Scotty, the time. thank you, dude. All right, guys, you tell Crazy Carl I said hi. Right, can't wait to see him. That's right, All right Scotty. All right, man. See you, bro. Yeah. Right, see you crazy Carl. Boy, we could use some Crazy That's Carl. That's awesome, man. That's uh, Scott Zolak, Patriots color analyst, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. And we come back with the next two games tonight and Sunday against the Pelicans. Bring some clarity to what the Suns need to do going forward this season. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Pelicans tonight. You just heard it right there in Gems Update, the first of two with the Pelicans. It's like weird schedule glitch that the Suns have going on this year where they were done with the Blazers like three weeks into the season. In Portland, that's fine, but I, I think that this these two games against New Orleans, they hold a lot more meaning to me, Wolf, than if it was two games against the Jazz or somebody. Yeah. Like it, this, is, this is the team that nearly took you out of the playoffs last year that you then took them out. Chris Paul played out of his mind for you to do it. I think New Orleans probably exposed some 
weaknesses that nobody had seen through the regular season because the Suns won 64 games, and then Dallas was able to ultimately come in and, and obviously knock the Suns yeah. out in the second round. There's a lot of familiarity between these two teams. There's a lot of skill on the floor, even with guys out. There's no Brandon Ingram. There's no Cam Johnson tonight. But, man, there's a lot of talent on the floor in this game. I know. And where does your brain go when you think about the Pelicans? Where does your brain go? It goes to Willie Green. At least mine does. Mine goes to Willie Green immediately in the intimacy, the knowledge that he has of the Phoenix Suns and the roster of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. yeah. Having been an assistant coach to Monty Williams, what, of course. What guys on the Suns like to do, what their tendencies exactly are, what right. makes them uncomfortable. Yes. We saw him and his team make the Suns uncomfortable. You know, this is what this is what has been missing at times this year and what was missing in that Dallas series. That series against New Orleans, like everybody, bring your mind back to there. You're coming off a 64 win season, okay? Everybody just assume you're going to go through New Orleans, and and Willie Green got that team to make the Suns extremely uncomfortable. And what has been missing, like this week and in that Dallas series, was the Suns responded. They made Chris Paul as uncomfortable as possible, and he responded with three of the best playoff games I've ever seen. It's like that's that's what yeah. seems to be missing at times right now. Was what the Suns had of if you're going to push us into a corner, we're going to get better. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting, though. Why? Why did Chris Paul have to actually um, bail the Suns out with those three incredible playoff games? Right? Why? He he played so well, to your point right now. Why? Well, it was because I I think the Pelicans were the more physical team when they played the Suns. Valanciunas is like 8'5". He really is. I mean, first of all, he's 6'11". That's what they say. That's a lie. He's 270 pounds. That's a lie, too. (laughs) He's 270 pounds. That's what I think he is, if I had to guess. Okay. That's a big body right there. That's a big dude, yeah. It truly is. I, I think he's... He's one of these guys that once he plants underneath the basket, he's very difficult to move out. And that's why it's going to be really interesting to see DeAndre Ayton. I am sorry. I am sorry. I don't want to bring it down to D.A. versus Jonas Valanciunas. And, of course, Zion Williamson. <laughs> because yeah, don't this forget is, about him. the physicality is going to be there for the Pelicans tonight in spades. Will it be there for the Phoenix Suns? You ask where my mind goes first on this matchup, and some of these some of these games, it's like your mind's going to go to one place. That's just that's the only place it can go, right? This one, it's like you ask where my mind goes, and you say yours goes to Willie Green first. And sometimes when we talk about this, yeah, sometimes when we talk about it, it goes to the fact that the Suns just never seem to face New Orleans when Zion's playing, and now tonight they will, and I would assume Sunday they will too. And the other part. Uh, of this that I, I can't get past Wolf is Devin Booker's probably going to have to play out of his mind. If you're going into this weekend saying, okay, Suns got to take two from New Orleans. Can they, can they win both these games? I think the the path to that fair or not is Devin Booker going off because that combination of Valanchunas and Zion, in addition to these other pieces, the Pelicans have, and I know some of them are out right now, like no Brandon Ingram tonight. That's, that's such a unique combo that they have that I don't think the Suns are going to be able to out-physical them or you know consistently out-rebound this team over a seven-game series. But they do have Devin Booker, and New Orleans doesn't have Devin Booker. And they don't have Mikel Bridges either. Like, I don't want to make it all about one guy. I just, 
your stars are going to have to step up because they didn't against Boston. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting to um, go back to game one of that series against the Pelicans last year, right? Game one, April 17th. Phoenix won the game 110 to 99. I was at that game. Okay, you were at that game right there. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas had 25 rebounds. <laughs> no, I remember. <laughs> Think about that. The Suns won the game, ladies and gentlemen, but 25 rebounds and. You know, we were talking a little bit about Chris Paul and some of the heroics that it took from Chris Paul. He had heroics in that game. In that game right yeah. there, he scored 30 points in that game. And yet, you know, that's what I kind of see happening right now. You're going to need somebody to have an incredible game because the baseline, I think, of this game against the Pelicans tonight and on Sunday night, the baseline is going to be the team that is more physical is going to win. And and you may need an extraordinary performance from somebody like Chris Paul to actually win the game or make that a, a non-true statement. That was, uh, of the playoff games last year, that was the one I went to just in the crowd. The other ones I was, you know, up in the media, I remember watching Game 7 with Dave Burns. And anytime the Suns have a bad performance, I feel like I need to be standing next to Dave Burns watching it because of what happened on May 15th. But the reason I bring that up is the crowd's reaction uh, around us in the first half of that Game 1 against the Pelicans was like, alright, this is going to be easy because the Suns were cruising, right? And you expect it to be relatively easy. You just won 64 games. And in the second half, it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, it, why is it taking this remarkable effort from Chris Paul to finish this game out? And I, I think you just kind of hit on it right there, Wolf. This is a new spot for the Suns to be in with some of these teams. For the most part, you go into a game and you say, okay, if the Suns play their best and this other team plays their best, the Suns are going to win. Generally speaking, that's the way it's been for the last two years, right? And I would say it's still that way against 25 of the teams in the NBA right now. But I wonder about New Orleans. Is this one of those teams where for the Suns to consistently beat them, I don't just mean tonight, but like in a playoff series, do they need something? Do they need mm-hmm. an extraordinary performance? They can get it. They've got the guys that can deliver it. But like, what's everybody at their best? This is a tough matchup. Yeah, it is a tough matchup. But once again, my eyes are going to be on DeAndre Ayton. I'm sorry. It just is. We talk about the physicality. We've been talking about DeAndre Ayton and wanting to see a more assertive, more aggressive, more physical, more intense DeAndre Ayton. We've been talking about it for years now, in particular this offseason, of course. And what happened with Monty Williams and the whole Monty Williams, I'm going to show Monty Williams. You know, I think of Game 3, man. I think back to that series, again, against the Pelicans in Game 3, where the Suns won 114 to 111. Brandon Ingram scored 34 points in that game. Remember that? Yeah, Ingram went off, like that went was... off in that game. But guess what? Guess who the best rebounder in that game was? It was DeAndre Ayton. He had 17, 17. boards in that game. And that, to me, once again, this is this will determine... If the Suns win the game, I really believe that the physicality, especially down low. How does that go for the Suns tonight? We'll see. He DeAndre Ayton is so many different things. He called himself the tone setter a couple weeks ago. He is the tone setter. He is for, for better or for worse. He's the tone setter. Is he the answer when when a guy like when Cam Johnson's out and you need your number two scorer? You need somebody to step up. I don't think he's necessarily the answer in that situation. Not consistently. But the other thing he is in some ways is the X factor because if he goes out there tonight and he has one of those games that he's capable of having, then the Suns will win. 
Everything else we just said goes out the window. If DeAndre Ayton's going to go out there and have a dominant performance, which he is capable of, it's tougher when you're going up against Valanciunas and Zion Williamson. But if he goes out there and has that performance, then all the other stuff is kind of background. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Suns will win the game, and, and so that's why that's why he's such a tantalizing talent. Because when he doesn't have it, you're in trouble. But in a game like this, where it's such a tough matchup, if he does have it, you're you're just gonna win. Uh, all right, when we come back. We will uh, get back into Thursday night football. Just how shocking is uh, what Baker Mayfield was able to do last night, and what does it potentially mean going forward in the NFC West? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke, presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, week 14 has already begun last night in Los Angeles. Rams down 16-3 in the fourth quarter. Down 16 to 10 with under two minutes to go, starting at their own two yard line with Baker Mayfield, who has not been very successful in the last year and a half and wasn't on the team a couple days earlier, uh, under center, and they come back and win. What Baker Mayfield did last night, Basin Ornings, I'm sorry, but I, I just, I, I, it was unthinkable. It truly was. Um, on the playing, the, the winning, the winning the way they first won. First of all, first of all, just the fact that a quarterback in the National Football League who really doesn't have any history, any past whatsoever, any knowledge of the system he's going into, that in less than 48 hours after getting the playbook, he would be able to go out there and actually quarterback a a quarter of the game. Quarterback a series of the game even would be like, wow, that's pretty impressive right there that he got it down, the terminology that quick. Now, granted, we didn't see a lot of diversity from the Rams and their offense last night. We did not. They were basically running, in a gross simplification of the truth, about five plays. <laughs> All right. It was like the old versions of Madden where there was only so many plays. Exactly right. But um for him to actually Take the ball with a minute and 45 seconds to go on his own two-yard line and down six points, take his team down the field with no timeouts in a two-minute situation as a quarterback that hasn't even been there 48 hours. For him to do that, um, unheard of, unthinkable, incredible, unbelievable. Well, that, is that all the adjectives you have? No. Okay. <laughs> it's it, it sets up it sets up an interesting story here with with the Rams and Baker Mayfield because that might just be one game and he might go out there next week and look bad and he might he might just trail off and he might not be on the Rams next year. He might be in somebody's camp trying to be a backup somewhere, right? Without a doubt. But what if, and Sean McVay likes his number one overall pick quarterbacks, right? He likes his Jared Goffs and his Matthew Staffords and now Baker Mayfields. What if they can, what if they see enough that they like in this final month of the season that he sticks around next year as Stafford's backup or whatever and as the eventual heir apparent to be the Rams starting quarterback? The only reason I bring that up is because they've traded so many first round picks over the years that it's not like, 
Like, take this year, for example. What are they? they went in the game last night, I think, with the fourth worst record in the NFL. So you would think, okay, they'll get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or whoever. They don't have the pick. Detroit has the pick. Right. They don't have picks, first-round picks, to go out there and get their next quarterback of the future. They needed something weird like this to happen. And I'm not saying it's going to work out, but they had this odd, unique opportunity to get a number 1 overall pick from just a couple years ago, and so far it's working out. Yeah, it is working out. You know, and again, just watching Baker Mayfield, I'm not trying to skip over your point at all, Luke, but um, it did raise the question to me. And this has been a question that many, many coaches in the National Football League have asked themselves. Is it swag or success? Which comes first? (laughs) You know, do you have to have the swag to experience success? Or do you experience success and then get the swag? I think what comes first? In Baker's case, it was swag first, right? then success in college, then swag in the NFL, then not much success in the I, NFL. Here's, here's the whole thing. Like, I don't know. Um, did, was he was he a swag dude to begin with? Always? Before he experienced success? I don't know him. See, I don't, I don't know that. I would think There are some people who know Baker Mayfield, and there are people you know right now who walk around with swag. Just that irrational They've got that Exactly. <laughs> like, what is there this are people have that have that kind of swag walking around. Is See, that one of the reasons right why now, they become actually. successful or not? That is... That has been a question in the National Football League for a long, long time. Well, I don't, if you have swag without any measure of success, don't you just become irritating <laughs> at a certain point? <laughs> yeah, but again, if you don't experience success, that being the key. But uh, if you do experience success, now, which comes first, man? And I think of Baker Mayfield right there. From what I'm told and what we're to glean from his history is swag comes first with Baker. Sean McVay after the game talking about his new quarterback. To go 98 yards, that's the first time under two minutes in a game-winning drive that that's happened in 45 seasons. Kevin Demoff just told me. I mean, even when we're clocking it, you're having to explain to Baker, hey, here's our clock mechanics right here. You're underneath the center. This is what the cadence is. And and you can't say enough about Baker Mayfield and the leadership, the resilience, the competitiveness. Um, you know, and, and what a quick study. I mean, he just got here five minutes ago and, and figured out a way to, to be able to do some special things tonight. And there was a lot of plays that we had going in a positive direction that ended up getting called back. First time in 45 years? Are you serious right there? You know what? I I mean, again, we we all realize that, knew that. When I say it's incredible, unbelievable, impossible. Yeah, that's what we're all feeling. And now to hear him actually put that into words, that it's truly, it's been almost a half a century Makes sense why we were so dumbfounded by what we saw from Baker Mayfield last night. Now, let's not just gloss over the fact that uh, they could have lost that game a couple times. What did you have? The interception that was called back for defensive pass interference. You had the. But that's, uh, the, that's the reason why that pick happened. Too. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right on that one. But uh, but then you had the. It was Jared Tillery had the, uh, the unsportsmanlike <sighs> conduct. Like, dude, you can't. Do you believe that? Tillery, too. Yeah. Of all the people, you just got picked up, dude. Seriously, it's a good way to get dropped again. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna do that. Knock the ball out of a guy's hands. That's that to me as a as a head coach would you're drive me gone. crazy. You 
are gone. And that's it. I mean, the Raiders are done. They're, and look, they were five and seven. It's not like they were a lock to make the playoffs, but this is a they playoff were team. Better. It's a playoff team from last year that went out and added Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. And yeah, I believe they were on a three game winning streak going into last year. Yep. So they were, and, and that's five and seven. If you get to six and seven, you're right there for the seventh seed in the AFC. And now, not just because of a dumb penalty, but certainly that's part of it. Uh, they're basically out. Here's Derek Carr. You know, it hurts, uh, but we put ourselves in that position, right? Um, you know, we, you know, we won, you know, however many games in a row, but it doesn't mean you win the next one. And um, you try and you know, talk about it, preach about it, you know, um, you know, work so that doesn't happen. Uh, but it happened to us today, and it, it's it's hard, it's tough. But we put ourselves in that position. Like it's nobody else's fault. I feel like Derek Carr. You know how they say like you become president, you're like president for four years, and you age like twenty years or whatever. I feel like that's Derek Carr with the Raiders over the last two years. Every time we hear from him after a game, it's like, Derek, are you sure you want to you want to be doing this? Is, this? is this the profession you want to be doing? First of all, Derek Carr, the fact that he only attempted 20 passes in this game is stunning to me. It is. Um, without Aaron Donald as well. It's yeah. not like the Rams pass rush. Oh my goodness, how lethal is the Rams pass? It's it's to me, it's not. It's, and They are not at all the same team that we saw win the Super Bowl last year. No, not at all. And the fact you only had him throw the ball 20 times and the fact he only completed 11 passes in the game for 137 yards. Derek Carr had a quarterback rating. He threw two picks, of course. Had a quarterback rating of 36.9. Is that bad? <laughs> it's just, Feels bad. Oh my gosh, that's brutal. Baker Mayfield, his quarterback rating was ninety one point four. So if you're going to go into a game against a guy that has struggled to get on a team this year and your quarterback rating is going to be like a third of what his was. I mean, there were people talking about Derek Carr at the start of the season. Wolf is like, here's an outside shot, like dark horse candidate to to be an MVP finalist. Like keep an eye on him now that he's got Devontae Adams. Remember that whole storyline coming into the season? He's got his former college teammate back on his team now in the NFL. The Raiders, I mean, they just gave one away last night. Yeah. Baker Mayfield helped take it, but they gave it away. No, I'm with you on that, man. They really did. But Baker Mayfield, once again, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes with this, because I'm kind of with you on this. I I think Baker's pretty much done being a starting quarterback in the National Football League. I, I do believe that. We'll see how this goes with him. But this could be his last stop. It really, yeah. I mean, the best path for him might be in L.A., back up Stafford for a year, and then you just you get it under Sean McVay and you're the starter in a couple years or whatever. Even that's that's a that's a tough route. To, I think he might be done. What, uh, what can the Cardinals take advantage of on Monday night against the Patriots? We're going to go behind enemy lines and talk to ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.